Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are filing in for this Thursday's episode as we discuss... Will Christmas come a day early for the Bucks? As you can see on the graphic, we got a little Santa hat on Zion McCollum. Santa was at practice today. He uh, he was participating. He was a full go of practice, but it seems like it'll be a game time decision for the Christmas Eve game. Uh, he did a little press conference after as well, which was quite funny. So, yeah, with the Bucks playing against the Jags on Christmas Eve, they're looking for a gift of four wins in a row which would be mighty, mighty nice. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com. It's Adam Slavon. Adam, you are fresh back from uh, Wisconsin, where yep. you were at the Bucks packers game on Sunday. Welcome back. How are we doing? Doing great. Uh, it's great to be back in the great state of Florida. And excited to really get into what I think is probably one of the best press conference days that we've had this year, uh, whether it was Dave yeah. Canales, Tristan Wirfs, or uh, even guys like Chris Godwin and David Moore. A lot to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the holiday spirit was was felt very highly today at the Bucks facility for um, a number of different reasons, and we will talk a lot about Bucks versus Jaguars today. But real quick, just um, share with us your experience. Covering the game at Lambeau Field, you obviously are from Wisconsin, so I'm sure it was a, a pretty special moment for yourself. But Lambeau's a very historic place, so uh, what was that like, especially seeing how the Bucks played with uh, Baker Mayfield's perfect game? Yeah, it was absolutely surreal being up at Lambeau Field. Uh, it's been probably a decade for me being up there, but just the atmosphere, absolutely electric. Obviously, Baker Mayfield scoring touchdowns kind of quieted the crowd a little bit, but... <laughs> such a historic place uh but i will say the media walkway to get into the media room it like the path to get there was outside so i can imagine like in the winter time it's absolutely brutal than anticipated though so two thumbs up on that one awesome well very cool glad glad you had a um a, a good time uh, appreciate all the people in the comments right now adam davies saying hey chat what's good pewter people uh, everyone seems to like the Zion McCollum Santa hat. Well, we'll put that on the screen one more time. Yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out to Scott Reynolds for coming up with this graphic. 
uh, Zion with the Santa hat. Uh, I'm a big fan of it uh, as well. So, and as Russ says, let Baker cook. First of all, let's let Baker bake. Let Baker yeah. bake. Uh, sling it. Yeah, let's talk about Baker Mayfield before we we get into Dave Canales, who had a all time press conference today, which was super super cool. All his press conferences are great, but like he took it up a level today. Yes, he absolutely did. Um, but with Baker, it's been a great week for him. He's obviously coming off that that game that we just talked about. Uh, he won NFC Offensive Player of the Week. I keep wanting to say Defensive Player. I think because maybe he's, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. had won it a couple weeks ago. But anyway, wins NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Wins the Nickelodeon MVP. That's the important then, one. Back yes, to the back. important one. And then the FedEx Air Player of the Week. So things are rolling quite well for Baker Mayfield. Very, very fun to see. And um, obviously his play on the field is very important. But... His overall attitude, excitement, his chemistry with the team, I think has really helped instill that belief that this unit, this group, whether it's on offense and defense, can get the job done and pull things off when they really need to. Yeah, and when you talk about Baker Mayfield, when you look at like his statistics this season, he, he's done it. He's checked all the boxes. He's on pace for just over 4,000 yards a career high in touchdowns. He's cut back on his on his interception totals from uh, earlier in his career, career with the Cleveland Browns. And a lot of the talk today was about narratives. Uh, yes. Dave Canales mentioned it. Tristan Wirfs mentioned it. If the Bucs win out, uh, the band's sticking around, I think. Yeah. I, I, Todd Bowles is going to stick around, Canales. And it's really hard to pass on Baker Mayfield and letting him walk. He has done everything right. And while it hasn't always been pretty. I think the model of Baker Mayfield is that he's gritty. He finds yes. ways to win. Uh, the teammates, his coaches, everyone loves him. And the team has shown progress. And I think Tristan Wirth said it today. They could have packed it in. Mm -hmm. But the identity and the story of the team, all of that begins with Baker Mayfield. And again, I when he signed with the Bucks, he was maybe a medium to high risk. But yeah, sure. it's hard to argue that the Bucs haven't gotten a high reward uh, out of his play. There's no question about it. And if they do go, if they run the table and go 10 and 7, they'd be crazy. Besides of how fans feel about Todd Bowles, and to a degree Baker Mayfield, but obviously there's a lot more heat on Bowles than, than there is Baker, you'd be crazy to, um, to change what worked for this team this season. If you went to – like. I, I like in the NFL, and it's been happening lately, you know, the blind quarterback test. When you say quarterback A did this and quarterback B did this, well, you could apply that to teams as well. If you said team A uh, was, you know, a trillion dollars in debt over the salary cap, were hamstrung going through the salary cap this year, was able to find an inexpensive quarterback and go 10 and 7, while team B, da 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 you say, oh, yeah, that was a great turnout. You won 10 games with this quarterback was an excellent touchdown-to-interception ratio. So I'm with you, Adam. I mean, you do have to look at the future. But yes. as far as next season goes, I don't think there's any question that Baker Mayfield has to be your guy next season. Now, the next couple of games have to play out. But if he continues, and I think something happened in that Atlanta game when they had the game-winning drive when he made the big throw, it feels like, that's where the floorboard that was out a little bit 
was able to stick back in and like yeah fully is connecting and and that's where it clicked and, and you saw it in green bay and that's what makes this game really exciting because for all the struggles that the jaguars have had a big part of that is because they're so injured on the offensive side of the football but there's still talent on the defense and they take the ball away and josh allen is a is a great pass rusher so yeah. if baker can continue that um against a, a playoff team from a season ago that is obviously going to help his resume and it's going to help this team moving forward. And I don't think Baker wants to go anywhere else besides Tampa, unless he gets like a ridiculously insane contract. Uh, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. We did have a super chat that does pertain to the Bucks and potentially winning out. Thank you to Sharkles for the $1.99 super chat who says, do the Bucks play their starters week 18 Go ten and seven, or stay nine and eight. Appreciate mm-hmm. the super chat. Um, first of all, they have to win on Sunday, and nothing yeah. is guaranteed. I mean, the Panthers just beat the Falcons last Sunday, so nothing is guaranteed. But if we want to go hypotheticals, let's go hypothetically and say, because we talked about this a little bit uh, in the media room today with uh, with River Wells, who's been on the show before. Yeah. Let's just say tonight the Rams beat the Saints. Bucks beat the Jaguars on Sunday. Then the Bucks beat the Saints on uh, next week. That would clinch them the NFC South, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure about the Falcons, but in this hypothetical, let's assume the Falcons lose one of the next two. So you're looking at a Week 18 game where the Bucks play the Panthers, and there's nothing on the line. They can't move up any further. They can't lose the division. Last year, the Bucs were in that same situation, and they played their starters a little bit. And yeah, then they ended up losing the game because with their backups, and they went 8-9. and nine. At the time, we're like, who cares? Everyone was healthy for the playoff game. But then you take a step back, and you're like, oh, man, this team went 8-9. and nine. They had a losing record and won the division. That doesn't look great. 10-7 and seven looks mighty, mighty nicer than 9-8. Uh, than and eight. But, Adam, how, how would you play out the situation? I just think the fact that we're talking about maybe going 10 and seven after (laughs) a a time at being four and seven, never thought this day would come. But in this hypothetical situation, I would definitely say the similar notion to last year, playing the starters, maybe the first half and then uh, giving some of the backups time to shine in the second half at quarterback, though, it would be interesting. Uh, The man on the graphic there, Baker Mayfield, would he play the full game? Or would they give the reins to Kyle Trask, maybe going up against a, a 2-14 and 14 Panthers team at that time? I think that would be really interesting. But I do see the starters playing at least a little bit in the season finale, should that hypothetical yes. uh, come to fruition. And again, all hypothetical, it all has to play out. If it does play, <coughs> play out that way, excuse me, I'm kind of rooting for chaos. I would just want to see Kyle Trask, just so we can say, just so everyone can be appeased because the Trask calls get to see Kyle Trask. All the Baker fans can say Baker put them in this position where they made the playoffs. And there there wouldn't be any questions about who's going to start the next week. So I, for the, for the point of chaos, I would want to see Kyle Trask. And then you go to Baker, obviously uh, when they return for the playoffs, I, I think that would be the move. It also depends on how healthy the team is because right now they have a pretty good bill of health, which is quite rare, but that could change in a couple of weeks. Definitely. Look at, look at when Baker got injured against the saints. And then when Baker hurt his ankle against the Colts, 
I'm not hoping for it, but something like that could happen to Baker or Mike Evans or star player where you go, all right, you know what? Let's give him the week off to just fully heal and get ready for the postseason. Um, so with all of that said, yes, the, the agent of chaos wants me to just watch Kyle Trask in that game. But from a realistic point of view as well, I think it would probably be best to maybe play the starters a quarter and then go and, um, and play the rest of the backups. Cause there are some exciting guys to watch outside of Kyle. Yep. Trask. Again, they have to take care of business Sunday and, uh, and next week, but you know, it, it would be a little more fun to see Trey Palmer in, in a big moment or Sean Tucker at running back. See Servassier Dennis for like a full game really outside of the, um, the Colts game. So, um, you know what else would be fun to see? Um, one, one more point on Baker Mayfield. Well, he's still somewhat on topic. Um, I want to see Baker Mayfield play good at home over these next two games. I was looking at the splits between the away games and the home games. So away, he has 18 touchdowns to three interceptions. At home at Raymond James Stadium, he has six touchdowns to five interceptions. Yeah. His three best games this season uh, against New Orleans, Houston, and Green Bay. Like He's looked yeah, he's looked electric. The team has put points on the board. But at home, it hasn't been the case. There was those games against the, the Lions, the Eagles. So against the Jaguars and the Saints here in this final stretch, want to see Baker Mayfield uh, put some points up on the board at home? Yeah, that, that's a great point, Adam. It was something that was brought up to Todd Bowles. And, and Baker said in the past that he likes playing on the road because it's a sense of us against the world type of mentality, obviously dealing with the fan base. Baker's always been that chip on his shoulder type of guy, which I think plays well into uh, performing on the on the road. So, are you suggesting that the Bucks throw a game so they can get a wild card and and start the playoffs on the road? It, oh, I don't know about that, but you want to win every game. But Baker, he's looked like a different player, like on the road this season, which says something to the the chip on the shoulder mentality he has. Yeah. Um, thank you to. JN Rivera, sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name right, but um, thank you so much for the 1999 yeah. Super Chat. We actually were going to talk about David Moore today, so no time like the present. Great segue. Do you guys see David Moore starting at the third receiver slot? Before we answer that question, we did say we were going to talk about Dave Canales. Canales did talk about David Moore today, so we'll play that video. And then we heard from David Moore as well. Um, so we'll play both of those videos, starting with Dave Canales. It really does help. You know, I, I think that Trey has a whole nother set of skills that he brings. Mike's touchdown, for example, Trey's 100 miles an hour going across the field. He's probably got a touchdown on that play as well. And his speed and what he does, does open things up. And then Demo, you know, the, the familiarity I have with him, but also just a great story of a guy who, you know, for two years really struggled bounced around a couple of places when he left Seattle and had a hard time really finding a home. Um, but I mean, that's something that was near and dear to my heart. You know, I was the receivers coach. We drafted him in the seventh round out of East Central Oklahoma and um, to watch his growth as a young player. And now you talk about a positive guy, not just the football player. I mean, that was a fantastic, you see what he can do after the catch. Um, but really just as a as a man for our group, even during the stretch where we had lost four, six out of seven, he was a, a steady, constant smile. He was checking in on guys. He just like floated around and, and really is a connector 
Um, so it's bigger than that. And I think that comes from his just knowing like his gratitude for just having another place where he gets a chance. Um, and I was so happy for him. Green Bay being one of the spots that, you know, had him for a while and just didn't want him, you know, so that, that was a special moment and a really scary moment, almost getting the ball punched out and almost all of us were about to strangle him on the side. Later. Um, but I was really happy. My wife, Lizzie, was happy for him too. Just that's one of her guys too, you know, so it was a special moment. And this is uh, David Moore just talking about the, not necessarily the come up, but waiting his time to, to finally make an impact for the team this season and uh, other stuff from the game. Journey is kind of well known. We've always been that favorite guy, right? But on this team, to persevere and then be able to go out and, and make plays for these guys, what was that like on Sunday? Yeah. 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 Putting that game away. It's really just a blessing, you know what I mean? Uh, battling all year, you know, staying at it, trying to uh, be there for the team and be there whenever they need me. It was just really shoot up. It's kind of hard to explain. It was really big for me and the team, too, as well. But it was really just a happy moment to get to celebrate with the guys that I've been down with, you know what I mean? And picking me up when I was down, vice versa, you know? So, And then Green Bay, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just leaving that, too. Yeah, for sure. It was pretty big, just playing for that team and then going back there and having a fun game like that, yeah. How much do you like bringing that to the receiver room? It's really just an everyday thing, you know. Uh, nobody wants to be negative every day, so just come in with a positive mindset, pick everybody else up, go for the same, everybody else there. So Dave does that himself. He comes in and he, you know, cheery guy, always smiling, happy guy. So we just learn from him. I love that Canales was saying, like, yeah, he always comes in with a smile on his face, and then he does his press conference, and uh, yeah, he was smiling from ear to ear. But to get back to the super chat. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Should David Moore uh, be wide receiver three and slash or will he be wide receiver three? I just want to say Dave and David are like two peas in a pod. They uh, are. Both with their Absolutely. names and, and the energy that they bring. Mm -hmm. um, with the question at hand, should he be the third wide receiver? Honestly, I think so. At this point in the season, uh, you want those glue guys, those veteran guys, people that you can trust um, on their routes and that they'll be doing the right thing. That's not to say Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins, uh, or Kim Jarrett, when he comes back, they can't have a role within the offense. But David Moore, he's had success back with Dave Canales in Seattle. Uh, Canales was actually his receivers coach uh, in 2017 when uh, he was a seventh-round pick. But going back to Moore, I think he provides more for the Bucks' offense in terms of what he can do. And seeing his big play, that almost wasn't a big play, it was really encouraging. And I think that with his snap count, increasing in the past couple weeks there's trust there and if baker mayfield trusts him he should be on the field yeah it's for me it's about production and i've yeah. been i wouldn't say banging the table but i've been advocating for david moore to be wide receiver three for at least the last two weeks and this isn't me knocking trey palmer i really like the talent and the athleticism that trey palmer can bring to this team but right now, as it stands, as we're a couple of days to Christmas and the Bucs are in the middle, or even towards the end, but they're right in the thick of a playoff push. The Bucs cannot care about potential of what someone could be right now. They have to play the guys that are going to best be efficient for both sides of the football. But for this yeah. situation, we're specifically talking about 
wide receiver and the offense and wide receiver three. And within two games where David Moore has gotten a little bit more playing time, like not even a ton, it's still been a lot of Trey Palmer getting the snaps. Like 20% of the snaps. He has still outproduced Trey Palmer in the last two weeks and not by an insane amount. Like he had two catches in the game yards wise. He, he blew him out of the water, but now David Moore scores a touchdown. He makes the yak uh, moves down the field and he's still very fast. He's not as fast as Trey Palmer, but he's a very speedy guy yeah. in his own right. And we're just talking about a position again. They haven't gotten a ton from Devin Tompkins and Trey Palmer since I don't know, really not long after the bye week, if we're being realistic. And again, that doesn't mean that I dislike those wide receivers. But David Moore, there's a tangible feeling when he is in the game and he's been able to do something. And it hasn't been that much, but we've gone from seeing no production at all from wide receiver three, except for a sporadic random touchdown here or there, yeah. to finding not just a wide receiver three, because I'm I'm separating Rashad White at the moment, and who obviously does a lot as well. But even just getting David Moore involved a little bit helped open up things for tight end with Kate Odden, who had one of his better games last game. It allows the, it, it forces, I should say the defense to have to pay attention to one more guy instead of, all right, we're going to roll all for coverage to Mike Evans. or we're going to roll everything to Chris Godwin, just adding another piece for Baker Mayfield, I think was super, super important for this last game. And I want to see that continue because he shows he knows the routes. He's able to make some plays and he's held on to the football, which has been a little bit of an issue for Trey Palmer this season. So I really, really hope that um, David Moore continues to be wide receiver three. Now Rakim Jarrett yeah. kind of adds into the mix a little bit. They designated him to return from injured reserve. So he has essentially three weeks to, to be ready. I don't think he'll be good to go. Um, for this upcoming game. When I asked Todd Bowles about it on Monday, he kind of just said, we sub guys in and out and blah, blah, blah. And if that's the case, that's fine. But I think in crunch time, when the going gets tough, I really think David Moore should, um, should be in that position. So shout out to David Moore, shout out to Dave yeah. Canales. Um, a lot of awesome stuff. We got a 1999 super chat from Dante Mason. Thank you so much, Dante. Thank you, you Dante. Chat us yesterday, super chatting us today as well. Really, really um, appreciate it. And he wants to know, is Devin White playing this week? And what about Dean and Davis? Well, this is another good transition. We could talk about yeah. the injury report, Adam. Um, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but you want to you wanna rattle off who and who was not available for practice today? Yeah, give me just a moment. There we go. Yeah, so of note, a lot of things stayed the same for the Bucs um, on the injury front. Uh, Chris Godwin was really the only one that did not participate uh, with a rest day after having um, being listed earlier in the week with a knee. Um, but talking to Chris today, he sounds like he's going to play. There's no issue there. Um, otherwise, Vita Vea, he fully participated in practice. Um, otherwise, status quo, Devin White, full participation. Ryan Neal, Rakim Jarrett, Josh Hayes were all full participants. Uh, Will Golston was limited with a knee slash ankle. And Carlton Davis was out there fully as well. Um, with the super chat, though, very interesting uh, for Devin White and his status playing this week. Um, Casey Rogers, he said today that KJ Britt is the guy in base defense, but Devin White is going to be out there in the nickel. So with his comments, it kind of sounds like there's going to be a rotation, but based on some of the statements and claims, is Devin White going to be okay with that? 
being a rotational guy or will he be out there fully this week? Yeah, uh, that's really the big question. It looks like Devin's going to play. I don't want to harp on it too much. Um, I do listen to the feedback from you guys, and and some people weren't too happy about um, all the Devin White stuff yesterday. So I don't think we need to harp on on, on Devin too much because I do hear you guys, and we want to put on the best show uh, as, as much as possible. I really think it's just going to come down to Sunday what Todd Bowles decides. Will they sub in and out? How do they go about it? It, it does feel like KJ Britton might play like first and second down. Devin comes in on third down where he can kind of blitz. I'd be okay with that type of rotation. Maybe yeah. they do every other series. One of the guys is in and, and kind of keeps everyone fresh for the whole game. But it does very much sound like um, very much so that KJ Britt and uh, Devin White are both going to play. Which will be fun to see. It'll definitely be something different. As for Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, does look like both are going to play together for the first time in a long time. So that kind of begs the question: What do you do with Zion McCollum? Because he has earned the right to get a lot of playing time because he's he's done really really well. Yeah, and that was another question uh, Casey Rogers was asked because when you look at the box, they have three solid corners in Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. And Zion McCollum, but when two of them play, or uh, like earlier in the season when Davis and Dean were healthy, Zion didn't get any snaps. And it's he's making the case to get snaps, and he's also making the case to rock a Santa hat, uh, as noted by the yeah. thumbnail. But um, it'll be interesting to see that snap count distribution as well. Uh, Emily Kampa says, Hi, everyone. How do we not use 19 more than we have? Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him as a kick returner. Uh, appreciate the comment, Emily. I think we'll see more of um, David Moore. No pun intended. That's going to be tough to do. I mean, yeah. Moore is such a versatile word in in the in this area. Um, as far as kick returner, though, that's the part I want to focus on. I think okay. So last game, Devin Tompkins kept calling a fair catch on the kickoffs, like well before the end zone. Yeah. I have to imagine that that was by design. There's no other reason why he would call a fair catch that much. So if that's by design, then it kind of doesn't really matter who's doing the kickoffs if they're just going to call a fair catch. Anyway, as, as a punt returner, I actually think Devin Tompkins has done a pretty good job. So I don't, I don't really think that there's a reason to, uh, to switch that up just yet to provide a spark. Because I think Devin Tompkins has done a – I mean, if, if a kick returner gets 10 yards on a return, I think that's a win. That's, that's one less first down that the offense has to get. And I think Devin Tompkins has been fine in that role. Yeah. I will say back when uh, David Moore, he was signed by the Packers in 2021. It was because Amari Rogers was so bad as a punt returner that they put <laughs> David Moore there to close out the season. Um, and he's had experience as a punt returner and has that dynamic ability to be a kick returner. But I would say Devin Tompkins, he's handled it admirably and he's done better than Jalen Darden in that regard. So I think Devin Tompkins will be the returner going forward, but as a backup option alongside maybe Trey Palmer, not a bad option at all. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you're going to have options at some point. Injuries happen all the time. Russ Week says, who was the cat that caught the game-winning ball from Brady when the Bills were here? Uh, more reminds me of him. That was Brashad Perryman, um, who made the big play in that game. I remember I was in the press box for it. Wild game. Bucks came out hot. We're playing fantastic, beat up on the Bills in the first half. Then the Bills came back in the second half, tied it up, 
And uh, in overtime, Rashad Perryman uh, had the catch and run and ran it for a touchdown. He also had the big touchdown last season uh, against the Saints, if everyone remembers that one. Uh, yeah, so David Moore. I don't know if you want to be compared to Rashad Perryman because Perryman didn't really do much in his stint with his second stint with the Bucs. Uh, but nonetheless, both have made a big play with uh, Perryman last week. Or sorry, with uh, David Moore last week uh, against the Packers. David Doker says, uh, checking from Weir, Mississippi, longtime Buccaneers fan. I love you guys. Thank you so much, you, David. David. We love you too. Thank you so much for uh, joining the show. And a thank you to Kathy Gillespie for the $5 Super Chat who says, appreciate you not talking up the pod with the Devin White drama. Nice to see how healthy we are getting at the right time. Yeah, Kathy, I, I saw your complaints as well. Listen, it was the biggest story yesterday. I'm completely yeah. with everybody that's like, we should be focusing on on the team winning. But it was a huge story. When he's story talking to Devin. the media and yeah, everything too. Exactly. So they didn't do themselves any favors. So it was something that we definitely had to talk about. We also got plenty of super chats about it. And, you know, if you super chat us, that's what we talk about. And that was a big, big topic. And with Devin speaking, um, we obviously had to address it. And took up a lot of the show, but we also talked about Baker as well. I disagree with everyone saying that I am anti-Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think I've been pretty supportive of Baker. And we also want to make sure that we focused a lot on Baker um, on this episode as well. So, Kathy, I totally hear you. Thank you so much for the uh, $5 Super Chat. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate all of our uh, Peter people and our great fans. So, um, shout out to all you guys. And shout out to our favorite energy drink, which is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Check out all their great flavors. The Celsius, uh, sorry, they are Celsius. The Cosmic Vibe, the uh, Oasis Vibe is a new flavor as well. Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. But you can check them all out. The Sparkling Wildberry, Sparkling Orange, Sparkling Watermelon, the Peach Mango, Strawberry Akai, Strawberry Lemonade is one of my personal favorites as well. So there's no sugar. There's no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. So if you know where to find a Celsius energy drink, just go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be at a local Walmart, Target, Health and Fitness Store, 7-Eleven, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega, and you know you love Celsius and you want to get more, that's when you go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and you can get it in bulk. I recommend that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're the captain. You're in charge. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. All right, Adam, we're halfway through the show, and we haven't even gotten to what we first wanted to talk about, which was yeah. a very emotional moment. For Dave Canales, he wasn't emotional the whole time. He was his typical upbeat and and happy self. But he got asked a question at the end, and um, I believe it was from Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. It yep. was from Rick Stroud. And the synopsis of the question was just him reflecting on his journey, coming here to the Bucks, Todd Bowles and the organization taking a chance on him, a guy that had been with the Seahawks for a long time, but – was never the offensive coordinator, anything like that. And he, he got a bit emotional about it. And it was just cool to see the the true passion 
that yeah. he has on a, on a daily basis, let alone when he's up at the podium talking to us. So Dave Canales with the, with an emotional response to uh, a question today. It's out there. That's, that's what you need, right? As validation for the guys, for yourself, for everybody, right? I and mean, that's what you're working for. Absolutely. Like, first and foremost, you know, I want to make Coach Bowles proud. You know, I want to make him right. Excuse me. Um, you know, just uh, just the guy who believed in me, you know, and gave me a shot. And so for me, it's about just, it's about grinding, working hard and trying to prove him right. You know, and Jason Light too, and uh, the whole group, you know, it's just, um, it's uh, it means a lot to me. It's important. Um, and so, you know, as, as we approach every week and as I challenge the guys, you know, it's the other part of it is I want to build something that they can be proud of. I want to build something that, um, that guys can say, this is who we are, this is the Bucks, And we've had a couple of, of those statement games and throughout the whole thing, it's been great finishes. You know, even when the games were way out of reach, you know, the guys never quit. Um, but those are the things that really drive me, you know, is is um, to know that we all, we all have this chance and I can't help but see the best in. So when I came here for the interview and I see this roster and I see the name still in place and I'm like, okay, we just gotta find some people to develop to grow with this thing. Um, the flip side of it is when I look at every defense we play, here we go again with the Jags. I also see the best in those groups and I can't I can't think of a week where I feel just amazing going into the game plan. Like, guys, we got this one. You know, it's it's that same mentality. Like, gosh, they got a lot of fantastic players. If they play to their potential, guys, we got our hands full today. Um, so it works both ways. Um, but yeah, it, it means a lot. I'm gonna support. Adam, your reaction to uh, what Dave Canales just said there? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it, uh, his quote tweet that he did um, on the post when he said, a culture of honor um, is what something that he wants to establish. Yeah. When I look at Dave Canales, I don't just see him as a football coach. I see him as a leader and somebody with high character. And you yes. can tell when you listen to his press conferences, the passion and love that he has for football and how big of a part it is in his life. And he's a family guy. Um, and a lot of it, it was really touching when he mentioned like coming uh, to Tampa and he was like the 11th offensive coordinator that interviewed and mm -hmm. he took the job. If he was a fallback option, pretty, pretty satisfied <laughs> with, uh, with what he's done for the Tampa Bay offense, but uh, just a great press conference. Always love listening to Dave. And it wasn't just uh, that clip. There was plenty that he talked about today that, I think it's worth discussing. Yeah, well, I'll play one in a minute about him just hyping up all of the other assistant coaches that yeah. he works with. It was a really cool thing to see. Uh, but the, the biggest things that stuck out to me in that answer from Dave Canales are a couple of things. First off, just wanted to do right by Todd Bowles. Yeah. And that was cool for him to say because for whatever reason, like – it, it doesn't even feel like at times that Bowles and Canales are even on the same coaching staff. Maybe it's just because one is so focused on, on the defense and we, we know all of Bowles is like mannerisms and everything like that. And Canales is such like a wildly different person and not that not either one is one is better than the other, but you know, we we've asked Bowles about like, what does he think of Canales? How has Canales done? We haven't always asked Canales about like his relationship with Todd Bowles and how that's grown over you know the year and since he since he got hired. So I thought that was cool to see. I loved everything he said about I want to build something here where guys say that's who we are, 
that's the Buccaneers. That's us. And the last thing that I, I thought was really fantastic is just the way that he talked about trying to find the good in everybody mm-hmm. and, and find the best in everyone, even in the opponents uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I thought that was really cool of him to kind of point out because, yes, he's always very positive and, and upbeat. But you know what? Sometimes it's really hard to be very positive. It's way yeah. more easy to be negative than it is to be positive. It's way easier to be like, here's why this person will fail. Here's why this system won't work. And I'm not even talking about football. I'm just talking about in life in general. And I think take, for example, when the Bucks lost six of seven. It was very easy every single week when we do our uh, pewter prediction, which we'll have out tomorrow for Bucks versus Jaguars. It was very easy for any of the games that the Bucks lost or what our predictions were to say, this is why they're going to lose. They can't run the ball. They can't get after the quarterback and blah, blah, whatever yeah. sayings you want to have. It's very easy to say that. It's tougher in general to be positive about something when it hasn't been there yet. Uh, but Dave Canales finds that week in and week out, which is so great to see. And the way that he's been able to stay patient, because we live in a world, the NFL specifically is a world where you need automatic results or everyone's going to be moving on. And Canales stuck with his game plan. And he talked about it today where Nick Rapone told him, don't change who you are. Keep doing you. And eventually it'll work out. And it has worked out. And that's been so great to see. He's stuck with the run game. He's stuck with Baker Mayfield. He believed in his wide receivers. It was going to work out with Chris Godwin, and it did work out with Chris Godwin last game. So um, his overall oozing of positivity is – it's a great life lesson, more than just being an NFL coach and inspiring an NFL team. It's a really good example for life as well, which is uh, super cool to see. Um, yeah, let's I get to wanna, Yeah, go ahead. I, I want to add to that. And, um, what Canales was saying, like when me and you went to the press conferences, when they're in the midst of that six out of seven losing streak, he still walked in there every day. Like, good morning. What's up guys? How still, are you? With a big yeah, smile on still his face. face that criticism too. And I think like everything that's happened this season, the three and one start that skid. And now this kind of late season resurgence, it's all part of the story of the yes. Bucks this year. And I know uh, we got more to discuss on that, but what Dave said today, we're in the midst, we got our own story going on and how it's going to play out over these final three, three weeks is going to say a lot about Canales as a coach, uh, Bowles and Baker, all of it ties in together. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the story thing in just a moment? Let's get to those videos though. First, Dave Canales talking about the other coaches around him that have really helped everybody get to this point of the season. Yeah, I do. I, I feel really confident. And honestly, the, the thing that I have at my disposal is I got to talk about my staff. I got to talk about, you know, Goody. You, you want to you talk about the run game? It all starts with Goody. Nobody works harder through the weekend, prepping for the following week, um, seeing what calls we're making in those games. Are these the right block combos for my guys? Um, really detailing it out for what, what style of runs is best for Rashad and for Chase. Um, what, how can I put the tight ends in good situations leverage-wise? Um, and I can't say enough for the job that he's done, really, to get this run game going. And then I have confidence to call it. And then we've gotten a really good rhythm during the game of Goody and Joe talk together. And then Goody goes to the group, to the line. He's talking to them. Joe and I have our little, you know, 
period during in between the you know on the defensive series where he says hey it's these next three runs these are the ones we like right now so that communication is huge Brad giving me, hey, this, it's this kind of day on third down, or it's what we thought it was going to be. Um, Thad, you know, just the red zone designs, uh, really like, I got to mention Jeff Castle. I don't talk about everybody, but I got to mention Jeff Castle, who really is our, he's our empty, quick game, first and second down, drop back attack, you know, different personnels, trying to give movement and variety, getting Mike and Chris into spots, getting Rashad into spots, and um, a lot of Jeff plays really showed up on, on game day, and so then it becomes about taking in that information and then being able to just utilize it, you know, in the flow of the game based on why, what's my earn first look like? What does P and 10 look like? Are we too much run too much pass here? So it's just a real, a collective group, um, giving me great information that I feel so confident about just calling the next plays and, and staying on track. Yeah. He's very self-aware as well. When he said that, uh, (laughs) He's talking about everybody. By the way, shout out uh, to Kathy Gillespie. Another super chat says, uh, thank you for the $5 super chat. It says, drinking Arctic vibe now. And no worries. Still love you guys. We love you too, Kathy. An excellent, fantastic choice. Great choice with the Arctic vibe. My personal favorite. Uh, where was that other super chat? Shout out to Richard, who said, Matt, Celsius is much needed tonight as my Calgary Flames are in Anaheim and I'll be at the game. That is awesome. As someone that lives in a different um, area and city than a lot of the teams that I am fans of in other sports, I know it's always a special, special night when uh, that team I root for is in town. For example, the Mets come to St. Pete in May. Um, So, Richard, I hope you have an awesome time. Hope you find a Celsius, and good luck to the Flames. Hopefully they can beat the uh, the Ducks tonight. I was going to say the Kings, but you probably would have said L.A. So, uh, yeah, good luck to your Calgary Flames. Uh, the last Canals video I wanted to get to is him talking about Baker Mayfield. A little bit of Baker, a little bit about the offense just as a group. Back to square one, but like, what does it mean to a team to actually see this is how it's supposed to look and feel? Yeah, I think it's the standard, you know, for our guys, the standard of execution um, and performance. And um, for them to see that this is what's in us, this is what's out there for us when we're all on the same page. We're running crisp routes um, all across the board, you know, guys contributing from different spots, you know, um, even Demo just kind of making some plays for us there. So I, I think really important, you know, for the guys to believe that, you know, it's, it's a different feeling where, you know, it's, at times it's felt like the guys are waiting for the bottom to fall out, kind of waiting for the, the next shoe to drop, you know, and where we don't need to think that way. We need, let's think about the, how good can we become? You know, not worrying about the bad things that can happen, but how great can we be? And it's all this—it's all just a, a testament to the hard work put in, you know, f- by the full group. Um, so, really a good feeling. Dave, in, in your eyes, what did Baker specifically do well that led to just a, a really special performance in Lambeau? Um, poise. You know, we had the uh, sack fumble on the second drive, um, and you know, in that situation, we give up a touchdown. We, we, you know spot him seven points right there. But for him, you know, he's throughout the season, we've, we've had these really difficult games that have happened to us or get behind in scores and to see him just continue to believe, um, continue to just go right back to work, right back to the surface. All right, what's it looking like? Um, it's just another another example that for him is just staying the course. Um, but I really think the story, Baker, yes, fantastic game, but I really think the story is the group doing right together. The receivers being where they're supposed to be, the the tight ends, you know, in their in their blocking or whether it's the route assignments, 
um, just all of it coming together and um, you know with with all the variety of the different things we can do you know there is a lot of learning and a lot of detail that goes in and feel so I think it was just a group thing we're going to talk about the story of the Buccaneers of the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers but first I want you to hear a story about our friends at Immunity Financial at Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. That's right. Amini Financial has proudly been serving clients across the country since 1980. They have uh, multiple things they can help you out with, from brokerage services to insurance services, annuities, and sales and trading. They can help you set up a college account for your kid as well. And they have offices all across the United States, not just in Colorado, not just in Tampa. You can go to Milwaukee. I was going to say Milwaukee. That's a city, not a state. Um, You can go to Wisconsin. You can go to Oregon. You can go to Vermont if you wanted to, or New Hampshire, or maybe even New York if you wanted to. But anyway, um, check out Immunity Financial. Uh, Financial Get a, a free consultation when you speak to them. It's free, so why not give it a shot? Shout out to Immunity Financial. All right, Tristan Wirfs had a very, very interesting answer today in another cool way just about what the story of this team is but adam i'll ask you first if you were going to tell the tale of the buccaneers what would your story be yeah um i know we kind of mentioned it earlier um about like the story really starting with baker but if you were to maybe cap the the buck story in a word i would say resilience um tristan Wirfs he mentioned today that the team could have gave up um, when they reached that that losing streak, but they fought um, against all the narratives of the team. Who who will they select when they draft in the top ten? And to be resilient enough to take the outside noise, kind of put it away, or if anything, use it as fuel. Um, with the Chris Godwin story a couple weeks ago, um, he he turned it up and he had a great game in Lambo, 155 yards. So I think just taking those narratives and turning them into into positives, into being resilient and fighting back against the losing streak to now winning three in a row, going from four and seven to seven, seven, I think has really changed the perception of this team and what their ceiling is. Yeah, very well said. I would say, and this is kind of in a similar light. I would say this is a team that has overcome adversity that they play for each other. It's a little bit of an us-against-the-world type of thing. It's a group that, from the beginning, has been close and tight-knit that never wavered, even when the going got tough. They never listened to outside noise. I mean, in the summer, mo- not us, but multiple people were like, they're going to win three games. They're going to have the number one pick over under six and a half, which is very disrespectful. They never listened to any of that. Did they let the hype get too big when they started playing well? I don't necessarily think so, but the timing doesn't add up well when when you start 3-1 and, and then Baker's on college game day 
at the bye, and then yeah. the losing streak started. But when that losing streak happened, no one pointed fingers. They tried to rally around each other, and eventually they did, and they came out the other side better for it. So um, you said resilient. I'm just going to say overcoming adversity. Uh, perseverance, I think, is another word that should definitely be used. And just proving a lot of the doubters wrong, I think, is, yeah. is probably the best way to say it. So those are our answers. This was Tristan Wirth's answer. And you know what? The story's not even totally written yet. Because, no. as Kobe Bryant once said, job's not finished. They still have to win this division. They have to win on Sunday. Uh, but this is what Tristan Wirth had to say. Um, what is our story? What did he say it was? Uh, I'll let you listen to the interview. Okay. Um, just starting off strong and kind of going through trials, and now you're here from circle. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Yeah, I think our story. You know, we we, we had a, we had a pretty hot start. Um, it was fun. You know, a lot of a lot of there were a lot of questions in the air. You know, about us. Um, not a lot of people picked us to, to win to win ball games, but that's all right. You know, um, we went through a little rough patch, and and you know, stuff starting to click for us now. So, um, just the resiliency of this group. Like we could have we could have we could have packed it in. You know, honestly, like we could have packed it in. Like okay, all the all the narrative like outside of this building at that time was like. Everything I seemed to see on Twitter was like, oh, Bucks are going to go get a quarterback in the draft or something. And it's like, like, dude, I'm playing with the guy. I'm playing with Bacon. He's a dog. You know, I'm like, I'm like, just give us some time, you know, to, to get stuff rolling, to, to, to feel confident. And, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's just I love everybody in this locker room. I feel confident in everybody in this locker room. Um, I know we're a very tight-knit, tight-knit group. Um, us is no line on us as a team. Um you know, just go fight for your brother, you know, on Sunday. He's a dog. That was the buzzword of, of Tristan's press conference. He kept calling Baker dog, which yeah. he is. That's the mentality he has. During the game day stream, it would be funny whenever the Bucks scored a touchdown, like Baker throws one, you just hit a button. Baker's a dog. Yeah, or we just start barking. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. If, if Baker throws a touchdown, we'll start barking during the uh, – the game day show by the way the peter game day show is returning of course this sunday on christmas eve so while you're spending time with your family if you want to tune in while you're watching the bucks game uh it is a later afternoon game they start at four so the pregame show will begin at 305 it'll be myself and josh capo and then uh when the game gets rolling at 405 i'll be on giving my live reactions opinions analysis all that fun stuff. I know it's Christmas Eve. It's the holiday season. You're going to be spending time with friends and uh, family. So totally, totally understand that. But if you have some time, maybe pull it up on your phone while you're watching the game. Maybe your family, some relatives are having a discussion that either you don't want to be involved in or it's boring you, whatever. And you're like, I want to have some fun. Let me watch Maddie Diamonds and the Peter Game Day show. We'll be on. You can find it on our YouTube channel. And very much looking forward to that one again this Sunday, watching with everybody. Let's get to the second video of Tristan Wirfs talking about um, playing against the Jaguars defense, which obviously has a pretty good pass rush with Josh Allen. And uh, he also talked about just having momentum after after winning three games in a row and, and continuing that momentum down the stretch. Josh Allen and, and and Walkers, you know, two two really good guys. Um, love getting the quarterback, love finishing. Um, Josh Allen likes to go inside. I've noticed that quite a bit. Uh, 
Um, so it's just going to be about you know staying square and 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 you know me and Skinny being on the same page too. You know we've gotten hit with a couple of twist games the past couple of weeks, so um, you know we know blood's in the water and we gotta we gotta we gotta eliminate that. So you know me and him being on the same page. And um, but other than that, you know. Um, it's gonna be a fun battle, like every week. You know, I'm excited to go out there and compete, and um, you know, I know it's gonna be a lot of fun across the board. Tristan, given the ups and downs of the season, the fact that the team has just won three in a row, momentum's riding high. How good does that feel, knowing that this team controls their own destiny? Yeah, it feels really good. Um, you know, for a while we always said, you know, everything's in front of us. Um, you know, we we, we just gotta come out here every week and, and and perform, you know, to the best of our ability. So, um, you know, with everything being in front of us right now, you know, it's kind of it's kind of business as usual. Go out there and, and, and control what we can control and, um, and you know, do our best to, to help the team get a W. Yeah, so uh, fun stuff from Tristan Wirfs. So the last video we have is Chris Godwin, who obviously had a very yeah. big bounce-back game. Uh, this is more just talking about everyone being on the same page and wanted to make sure he, he got some shine on today's episode as well. Put in the past and move forward because um, it's not going to help us at all. Run uh, up against a, another good defense. We've got to figure out a way to, to attack them in the best way that we can. It starts with obviously it starts with practice. Uh, we've been on the same page a lot recently, so we just got to keep it going. By the way, he had a very cool hat that he was wearing today. Yeah, box hat. It was like a uh, corduroy looking thing but uh, how important is it for this offense for Chris Godwin to continue to look like the Chris Godwin that we have come and known to uh to expect this this year that's a great question um I think it's essential when you look at the performance against Green Bay uh Dave Canales he mentioned today that uh he was telling the guys that there was gonna be one game where everything clicked and it happened in Green Bay and a lot of that is due to Chris Godwin really being uh, an integral part of the offense. While he didn't score a touchdown, he only has one touchdown in the season, what he was able to do set up touchdowns. Um, in the first half alone, he had three receptions over 20 yards. When the offense needed to get going, they looked towards Chris Godwin. And everything else kind of set up around that. Uh, Mike Evans, he had that touchdown on the post route in the end zone. Uh, Rashad White um, on his 26-yard touchdown. Everybody was open. So I think it, it starts with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. There's a lot of truth in Canales saying that the passing game starts with those two. And if those two are clicking, games like Green Bay will happen more regularly. Yeah, and that's what I want to see down the stretch. What, what type of offense do we see from the Buccaneers? I thought Dave Canales had a great answer today where he was talking about, like, I don't go in saying we got to pound the rock. We got to pound the rock. It's all about just putting points on the board. And I think that's another great adjustment that Canales has had is just finding what works and, and sticking with it and not trying to be too stubborn uh, in one area of it. So hopefully he's really found something with Chris Godwin, because I think it's extremely important that Godwin continues to be maybe not the focal point. Cause that will always be Mike Evans, but be one of the main guys that is a contributor to this team. He is so important. And you can just tell when he gets going, Chris Godwin has the best game of the season, and the offense had their best game of the season. You can yeah, look. There's the game no coincidence. Court. Yeah, no coincidence at all. And people will say, well, they scored the most points in the Texans game. That is true. But there were even times in that game where they scored 37 points that the offense like would have three and outs, and their third quarter was abysmal. Not the case in Green Bay. They consistently moved the ball outside of one turnover and one punt. And if they have that, 
I was actually thinking about this on the drive home today. If the Bucks can harness, and this is a huge if, if they can harness the offense that they had in Green Bay and have had probably since their, their winning streak, and combine that with the defense that they had in the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, like against the Saints. Like yeah, exactly. Like against New Orleans. This team can go to the NFC Championship game. I'm not going to say win it. I'm not even going to say get to the Super Bowl. But this team can go to the NFC Championship game, which would be wildly beyond anyone's uh, expectations. So um, it's, that would be it's cool not out of the... Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not out of the realm of possibility when you look at the Eagles and their recent struggles with the Bucks, like they've played the Eagles and if they face them in the playoffs and get another home game, they have that familiarity between them. Um, the NFC championship, if that's the ceiling, I don't think they beat the, the juggernaut 49ers. I don't think anyone yeah. does, but I think that would be like, it would be so huge for this team, uh, for the organization. If they were to get that far, um, Again, the story just proving everybody wrong. Everybody this season. Um, I see some people in the chat talking about uh, the predictions earlier this year when Peter King said, hey, yeah. they'd win <laughs> three games when everybody was saying, oh, they're going to be drafting in the top five. To be in this pos position, I think it just speaks a ton to how far the team has come. Absolutely. And if you want to take your money a little bit further, maybe uh, make the right picks over at Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Um, yeah, you can win up to 20 times your money with Underdog Fantasy. You make anywhere from two to five picks. Has to be at least one player from uh, two separate teams. So if you want to do Bucks and Jags, you got to pick one Jaguars player. Um, and a Bucks player as well. You just choose in stats such as rushing yards or passing yards and things of that nature, whether it's going to be higher or lower. You're going to win a lot of money, so get a first deposit bonus with the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and play underdog fantasy. Adam, there's also a huge game tonight where if you want to play uh, underdog fantasy, it would be a good one to go to. Um, Saints-Rams. This yeah. is huge for the Bucs for a number of reasons. Obviously, they're tied at the top of the NFC South with the Saints, and Bucks fans hate the Saints, understandably so. Yeah, uh, That's big in its own right. But both of those teams are also 7-7, seven and seven, so whoever wins, that means the loser drops down in the wild card spot a little bit. So regardless of whether the Rams or the Saints win, and we know everyone's going to want the Rams to win because you'd rather win the division, get that home playoff game. But the Bucs have to take advantage by beating the Jaguars, regardless of the outcome tonight. But how do you see tonight's game going? Because it's, it's definitely one that every single fan of Tampa Bay has got to be tuned in for. Yeah, definitely. Um, the battle of the seven-win teams. When you look at the Rams, I think there's there's more to like there. Um, just for the fact that they have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Uh, Kyron Williams has been a really good running back this year. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he's better than Derek Carr. And their defense, um, after getting rid of Jalen Ramsey, it's just a bunch of guys they've assembled kind of like in a, a money ball-esque. Um, yeah. Just picking guys up, draft picks, later rounds. But I see them winning. Um, I don't – the Saints, they've struggled at times this year. Their offense is kind of eh. So I see the Rams winning. Yeah, I think I'm going to take is, – is it in L.A. or New Orleans? Ooh. That, that one I don't know. 
If anyone in the chat knows, please let me know. I am actually thinking about, because obviously I'm going to bet on the game. That's what I do. If the game's close, maybe I'll go live on Instagram, on Peter Report's Instagram, or maybe do a live thing here. Um, if you guys are interested in that, put it in the chat or put it in the comments because we're going to end the show soon. But this is a game that has – it's in L.A. So, yeah, I'll probably end up taking the Rams. Appreciate you guys for answering. Um, definitely going to be a fun one to watch. Going to be a lot of fun on Christmas Eve as well for – Bucks versus Jaguars. Just a reminder again, we'll have the Peter Game Day show coming up at 3.05 and then the live reactions and analysis and everything at 4.05. Um, in the meantime, please make sure you're following us on all of our social media at Peter Report on X, Threads, Facebook, and Instagram. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, which you're on right now, is Peter Report TV. We got the podcast, the Game Day show. I got Peter Picks and Props coming out tomorrow. Um, Scott's got his show. A lot of great stuff there. So follow us um, over on our social media. Also, I uh, want to send our condolences as well to Scott. Unfortunately, um, his dad passed away the other day. Uh, he we, we had known about it, but we were waiting for him to make a, uh, a public announcement. And he did earlier today. So our thoughts and prayers are with Scott and his family. Um, definitely thinking about uh all of them right now. So if you want to, please uh, send some well wishes to Scott. Um, I believe he'll be at the game on Sunday and he'll be on the yeah. uh, Peter post game show as well. So um, don't mean to end it on uh, on a note like that, but our hearts are, are with Scott and his family right now. And, you know, it is Christmas time. So make sure you talk to all your loved ones and hold them uh, a little bit tighter. So, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Christmas Eve, right around the corner. Bucks, Jaguars is going to be fun. Saints, Rams, we're all going to be tuned in for. So um, a lot of fun stuff with the Bucks coming up, but that'll do it for yeah. us. For Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you on Christmas Eve for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Out.